Eclectic readers, Susan here. I wanted to give you a heads up for a trigger warning. Discussing one of the essays, we touch on rape. We didn't want you to be caught off guard once we started discussing it. It's toward the end of the episode, so you can stop at 56 minutes. But if you want to listen to the end, you can pick back up in about 10 minutes at 1 hour and 6 minutes. And just in case, here's next month's book if you do stop before the end of the episode. We'll be reading Blood at the Root by Patrick Phillips. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where women explain books to me. I'm Tara. I'm Susan. And I'm Meredith. How are you guys? Good. Good. Um, thing, things are calm for now. For now. Um, things for now. Be picking back up uh, starting end of January, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on the bestest note, my baby's turning one um, by the time this is... Um, airing so yeah no baby how is she already won i know right (laughs) and she is like ready to walk she wants to walk by herself so badly (laughs) so i just love emily and anna's entire relationship i just think they're the cutest little kids uh they're so cute sometimes (laughs) (laughs) well the stuff we get to see it's really yes i make sure you guys get the cutest stuff (laughs) (laughs) That that is the miracle of social media, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> you don't hear the like two thousand no's Emily tells Anna like every day. <laughs> so there's how are you, Meredith? Good. Yeah. Um had a nice but quick trip to see my mother in law for Christmas, so that was nice. Um and yeah, we're gonna hopefully see some more family in another week or two and um, yeah, it'll be a little crazy around here in a few weeks during inauguration weekend, but, um, we'll get through it. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's going to be so crazy over there. Yeah. How are you, Tara? Oh man. Um, so, um, if you all remember, I moved to Atlanta recently. Um, and in the move to Atlanta, we d- didn't completely move out of Tampa. <laughs> so I'm home right now trying to facilitate that. It's been sort of insane. So uh, we're getting a bunch of packers in here. I've been had painters in here. I've had handymen in here. It has been nonstop. But hopefully um, next time we record this, I'll have made an offer on a house in Atlanta. And that will be awesome. So um, and I'll be out of my apartment. Um, maybe not completely out of it, but mostly out of it. We'll see. Um, Crossing but yeah, fingers. life stuff. Good life stuff, though. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's totally. exciting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, along with all that excitement in our lives, what is everyone reading right now? Susan, what are you reading? Um, right now, I am reading uh, Squirrel Girl. It is so hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel girl. The unbeatable squirrel girl. <laughs> it's like you weren't friends with AGDs or something in <laughs> college, which I know you were. And I knew half of you guys, but I mean, how often do you say squirrel in front of me? <laughs> we're talking about other stuff. <laughs> Clearly not as much as I thought we did. Um, but yeah, I'm reading that volumes two and three. Uh, I just got that at the library and I just finished Perks of Being a Wallflower. So... Um, I'm kind of in, in like, um, in between book lull at the moment. Mm -hmm. Those are both things on my TBR. (laughs) Yeah. It's, oh my God. Perks is so good. (laughs) It's like, why have I not read this sooner? It's, it's super good. 
Squirrel Girl yeah. is really go- good too, Mayor. Oh, I haven't yeah. read Perks, but um, Squirrel Girl is so fun and so it cute. Marvel so did a really fun. good job with it. So fun. I'm just, I smile every time I'm reading it. Like I'm not, I'm never not smiling reading it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Squirrel Girl started off as sort of a joke character. Like here's a mutant with the powers of a squirrel. Ha ha. She's funny, <laughs> right guys? She talks to squirrels. But like throughout the years in comics, she's like defeated some of the biggest villains in Marvel history. And now it's sort of like, yeah. well, is that canon? I guess that's canon. All right, we're going with this. And like, that's awesome. Characters like Deadpool, yeah. when they meet her, they're like, wait, 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 that happened? Wait, that wasn't just like some alternate storyline? Are you serious right, right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, you talk to squirrels. That's your power. <laughs> and anyway, it's um, it's really yeah, freaking it's, cute. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. So yay, more. Uh, how about you, Tara? What you reading? Did I mention I'm packing up a house and getting a bunch of stuff together? And um, you could be totally I'm, audiobooking it. <laughs> I, I, and you know, I started an audiobook on the way uh, here, but have not completed it since being here. And that would be a Court of Mist and Fury. So um, technically, oh, okay. I'm like three or four chapters into that. Um, and it should tell you something about it that I haven't picked it back up since being here, or even thought about it until basically right now. Um, it's not bad. I just don't know if I care. Everyone loves really? this book, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, like everyone is like going crazy over this. I know, books. I know. We'll s- listen. I'm only four chapters into my life is sort of in an upheaval, so I, yeah, it could get better. Give it some <laughs> or it time, could, like, Tara. Really me. <laughs> very true. Very true. What about you, Mary? Well, I'm. Let's see. I'm kind of in the middle of a couple of things. Um, I finished Saga Volume Four. So Heck yeah, you did. Yay. Yeah, you're about you're about to surpass me on the Saga voluming. So I have Volume Five with me. I got Four and Five out of the library at the same time, but I'm trying to give myself Mayor, a little bit of time in between. Mary, you make good life choices. <laughs> I appreciate your good life choices. You know. I do what I can. <laughs> but then I'm also a little sad because I know I'll have to wait for volume seven. Not too long, but I just I don't want to get to the end and then be like, no, I have to wait. Yeah. I've not read volume six. So once you get there, you can no longer talk to me about the series. <laughs> mm, okay. Good to know. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'll start volume five probably sometime this week since it's staring at me right now. Like, please read, read me. me. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'm also working on Passenger by Alexandra Bracken. Uh, Mostly, I mean, I do want to read it, but I'm reading it right now because the YA book club that Jeanette and I are in, that's our local book club, they read it last year before I joined. And the second book just came out and Alexandra Bracken is coming to Virginia next month for like part of her tour so oh, everyone wants cool. to go and so i'm like oh i need to read this <laughs> um, we'll see if i get to the second book by the beginning of february or not because this one's like 500 pages or something oh, um wow with everything DC else that i'm reading always at the book tours i'm always so jealous i don't get anything down here mm. come on authors I live in the South. It's warm here. It's beautiful here. I've got beaches. I don't know what you don't. Come, why you don't come visit me? Come visit me. Uh, I love friendly. how you're just trying to sell Tampa. <laughs> I mean, warm Tampa sun, at this point. beachy sand. Atlanta, Atlanta has has mountains and rivers, and it's still warm. And it's a big city. Well, not right now. <laughs> oh, totally. It's, no, not right now. It's snowing. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. <laughs> Darn. 
Yeah, right. Uh, so, and along with that, I forgot that I put My Lady Jane on hold at the library, so that just downloaded. But I, yeah, I'm like, am I actually going to get to this before it expires? Because I know there's a long wait list for it. And I've heard oh, great no. things about it, but I might just have to go back on the list for that one. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah. What's My Lady Jane about? It is. It's it's kind of like a, from what I've heard, it's kind of like a crazy, funny um, alternate kind of story about Lady Jane Grey. Ooh. Who was what, like queen for like two weeks before she, yeah, no, she was she, killed her off? Her story is super sad. Yeah, but <laughs> apparently this is like kind of like, uh, from my understanding is kind of like a slapstick comedy and like there's people that like are horse people, like they change into horses and what? I don't know. It's like completely off the wall craziness. So is it but just, it's about Lady Jane Grey. <laughs> that's about Lady Jane Grey. Is it alternate history? Like, does she stay queen? Or is it still just about the two weeks? I think it's just queen? about the two weeks, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about this. I'm really excited. <laughs> adding it to my TBR. <laughs> it's gotten really good reviews. Um, so I'm sad that it's coming in right now where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can get to it. But I will read it. And it would actually be good for an ER Mad Lib for like a person's name oh hell um, yeah so i'm like maybe i can squeeze it in we'll see um but speaking of er mad libs just giving you a little update we did start our new reading challenge january 1st Whoa. and i think it's going really well so far we've got a lot of buzz about it on litzy and our goodreads group so yeah there are a ton of people who are just saying hey we're gonna participate and showing their lists i was like yay yeah it's great Yes, people have got some really good choices. I think we're going to have oh some my fun ad libs. <laughs> oh, I've definitely oh, stolen some from other people's lists. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's a way better book. Yeah, yeah. grabbing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's definitely not too late for you listeners to join in. Uh, technically, you've got all year, but if you want to be in for the prize drawing, you just need to finish the 12 books by our readathon in June. So that's doable, And it's only right? 12 yeah. books. Yeah, I mean, it's twelve books. M- so many other, <laughs> so many other challenges are like twenty six books, fifty yeah. books. I mean, it's it's not you know, and you can use reuse our books for most of your other challenges. So exactly. So and if ours, you, wanted... you get a great Mad Lib afterwards. Yeah, exactly, it's <laughs> get a little souvenir. So <laughs> yeah. And you might win a prize if you finish in time. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get some ideas like uh, Tara is getting, <laughs> you can go over to our Goodreads thread on our page. And there's all different cho- choices that people are choosing. Or you can search the hashtag ERMadLibs. Uh, I'd say specifically on Litzy. That's where most people yeah. are talking about stuff. Yep, definitely. Yep, yep. Seriously, guys, can we get Litzy to sponsor an episode? I feel like... <laughs> We just talk about it so much. Yes, it's awesome. Because it's so awesome. <laughs> Free advertising. Pretty much. Uh, so along with our challenge that started on January 1st, a lot of people start, you know, kind of bookish resolutions or readolutions. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're so witty. <laughs> <laughs> So let's do a recap on our 2016 readolutions and what we have in store for 2017. Mm. So let's see. I know, Susan, you weren't on our January episode, but did you have any no. specific 2016 readolutions? Uh, no. 
Um, I had just had a baby, so books were kind of not on the top of my list of things to think about at the moment. <laughs> I think that's, that's it. We're booting you from the podcast. I mean, <laughs> if you think having a baby means you can't think about books, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, at this point, I was in uh, labor for like five days. Uh, I was over it. I need it needed to be done. <laughs> um. But uh, normally, in general, I don't really like to make resolutions <clears throat> um, just because, I mean, there's such a negative connotation to it. And I feel like it's, these are things that you should be thinking about doing for the rest of your life, not just for the year. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> so uh, no specific resolutions, but I do have goals because I am participating in several book challenges. So that's going to be exciting um, with obviously the ER Mad Libs, um, which I'm excited for. But I'm also doing a a Harry Potter read called Harry Potter Chapter a Day, where um, we read one chapter a day in the lens of a theme. Um, So like the first chapter of uh, sorry, that's illustrator version I have is Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher slash Sorcerer's Stone. The first chapter is under the guise of commitment. And so when you read the chapter, you have to think about how is this related to commitment. Um, It's been really great. It's only been going on for a few days. um, But it's been really fascinating reading everybody's thoughts on that chapter um, with that theme in mind. So it's really good. Um, And uh, and I'm also going to be participating in our book bingo so that'll be starting um, in a few weeks. So I'm excited for that. Um, Very cool. Oh, and one more. Sorry, I just thought of it. I'm tr- I'm trying to to do the 24 and 48 readathon. Um, oh in yeah, a couple that's weeks. what in a couple weeks, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'll be trying to do that. See how much I can, how much reading I can get in. Awesome. That's really cool. And yeah, the uh, Harry Potter chapter day looks fun. I know I enjoy getting to see everyone's thoughts on Litzy, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'll be joining in myself. I'd love to reread the books, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> so Tara, what about you? How'd you do with your 2016 and what do you have lined you know, up for 2017? I did okay. I did all right. Um, so one of my uh, book illusions last year was to read at least two nonfiction books. I read at least four. So... I think I read that's five. Great. That's a lot. Yeah, that's me. awesome. Um, and actually, I don't mind them. I found for types that I don't mind. Like, I like essays a lot. I like essay books, which is good because we just talked about one. Um, <laughs> I picked letters in our book bingo, and I think no one liked that, including me. So <laughs> it, it turns out I like reading a couple of letters, but a whole book of letters is maybe just too many uh, for me <laughs> as a human. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed that. And then my other book illusion was to finish my book bingo card, which I did. So Yay. I like by the skin of my teeth, but, um, but yeah, so yay, I did everything. Um, I don't That's know, awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like I was one book away from finishing my bingo card for about five months, and <laughs> just needed to get that one more book. Seriously, it's like and staring like, in the I face. I literally squeaked by <laughs> on it, so I feel a little bit like I could have finished that so long ago. I didn't die. 
<laughs> Instead, I stress myself out at the very last second. Um, <laughs> and then this year. So this year, my goal is to... So for book bingo, our book bingo is a real life book bingo that we do with our with our RL friends. Um, and every year I win the first line, which is a huge pain <laughs> because then I don't feel like reading for at least another month because I've read four to five books in under 24 hours and my brain hurts, my eyes hurt, everything hurts. I hate everything. Um, and this this year, my goal is to win the blackout. Okay. Um, so you're going for is, the long game. I'm going for the long game, and I'm hoping not to burn myself out. Um, I just don't have it in me, I think, to do the line this year. You know, because that, that will be around the time I'm moving, which, granted, I did once. <laughs> but that will be around the time I'm moving. It will just a lot is going on right now. I, I just don't want to put that sort of pressure on myself. So... Um, I'm going for the long game, which means I've got to finish, I think, was it 16 books in probably about a month, month and a half tops. So it's, it's the long game, but it's still a lot. Um, and I'm hoping maybe that I'll be able to take an advantage of a readathon in that time period, because I am not good at readathons. I have a hard time, again, I think because I do that line thing every year, I have a hard time sort of being like, I'm going to read a lot for just a short amount of time right now because I have to, because I have to every February. Um, And so I just don't tend to participate in them. But I really want to try because everyone looks like they're having so much fun. (laughs) And and I did our readathon once, but I didn't really, like, I didn't really go a whole a whole hog into it you know it's like oh I'll do other stuff and listen to the audiobook at the same time and oh I'll do this and um I think I still read two books during our readathon which I mean uh, I'm not slacking but <laughs> um not doing all I can like Captain America I'm not being like the <laughs> Captain America readathons and I want I want to be the Captain America readathons for at least once so be like Cap be like Cap <laughs> Steve Rogers forever. <laughs> yeah, readathons are a lot of fun, especially if you really can set aside that time to read mm-hmm. instead of, yeah, just trying to fit it in with life like everyone does all the time, right? <laughs> everyone does all the time. And I was going to put autobiographies as my next thing, like a specific um, nonfiction, but I feel like I'm already into one right now and I know I'm going to read another, so... It's like giving me, it's too much of a softball pitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I might join Susan on this HP thing. We should link to it in our show notes because that sounds really interesting. The chapter a day thing. Yeah, I'll, I, um, I will link the blog with the person who's hosting it. Um, but if you really want to participate, you, you need to go on Let's See. And they're not web-based yet, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am on Let's See, so. Yep. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Mary? How did yeah. you do? I actually, I did good. Um, same thing as Tara. I think we both wanted to try to read more nonfiction in 2016. And yeah, I, I definitely succeeded. I read, I think, six memoirs. So um, nice. it was a Dude. lot of fun. Dude. <laughs> 
It's a lot of people's lives. Yeah, it's like, read yeah. all the people. <laughs> all the people. <laughs> all the people. All the time. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> all the books about people all the time. That's better. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, and I think it's it's mainly because I, I don't know why I waited so long to get into audiobooks, but this was a, the year of audiobooks for me. So yeah. memoirs are a great way to listen while you're doing other things, I found as opposed to trying to listen to a piece of fiction as an audiobook, where I'm like, wait, what was that description? What's happening? Uh, so it was good. Um, but what was your I, favorite I, memoir? I'm sorry? What was your favorite memoir of the year? Oh, man. Um, I read a lot of, like, funny people memoirs. Tina Fey's Bossy Pants was really good. Um... And Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson was really good, too. Ooh. If you haven't, yeah. If you I haven't really, read those. I have not read either of those. I'm not, mm. you know what I'm, you know what my problem is? I'm not a funny person. That sounds really terrible. Um, but I'm not like, I don't love comedies. God, I mean, that sounds bad. I'm, I, I just, yeah, I'm not, a, I have to really like a comedian, like a lot to be able to be in their head nonstop. Um, well, maybe give Ginny Lawson a try because she's she's actually a blogger and ooh. not not a straight up comedian. She's just funny and um, really gets into like her her issues with mental illness and you know how that affects her life and all the craziness and like her dad was a taxidermist, so like she grew what? up with like all of these like so she's like obsessed with like taxidermed animals and <laughs> it's, all right, that sounds great. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean. You people don't know this, like, like you people, our listeners probably don't know <laughs> you <this>. people. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, our listeners probably don't know this, but like, you know, I like dark humor. Like, haha, slapstick Will Ferrell humor just doesn't do it for me. Sorry, Will Ferrell, if you listen to this podcast, you don't. Who am I kidding? Um, but like, yeah, I like sort of darker humor things. Um, so that sounds funny though. Taxidermy, I could probably get in with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I still need to read her first book. Um, I think it's called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Um, so that one looks funny. I think that one has like some taxidermed mice on the cover. And uh, the second one, Furiously Happy, has one of her raccoons that she loves on it. The happy Bless. raccoon. Yeah. Bless. <laughs> All right. I'm in. <laughs> Adding to the TBR. Uh, so um, this year... I think, you know, I'll continue with, you know, memoirs and things like that. But I think I want to try a Mary Roach book, get more like sciency or something mm, with okay. my nonfiction. That's right. Because you know, you didn't, you weren't with us when we no. read Bonk, were you? Exactly. Yep. Yes. Well, I've never read a Mary Roach book yet, but I keep hearing great things about all of them. So I need to pick one and read it. <laughs> and I also want to read a romance novel this year because I feel like I've never really given them a chance. And why not? We were so called out by Jen from Book Riot Live on this. You know. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I figured let's let's give it a shot. Oh, my God. Is that going to be your pick, your book pick this year, Mare, for us? Oh, I who knows? We'll see. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I've still got some time to figure that out. I don't think my time is till what May or June or something. Your time draws near, Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, so, and then along with that, I do want to try to get some more classics off my TBR 
because there's still so many I haven't read, even though I was an English major. Um, and I kind of crashed and burned with Serial Reader. I started it, and then, like, you know, life happens, and I got, like, crazy behind, and so then I had to pause it, and I need to start it again. Because it is a good way to, you know, kind of chip away at classics while you're still reading other things, and it's not taking up a whole lot of time. So I think it's a good way to do it. I just need to stick with it. Yeah. Yep. So those are my readolutions. They're good ones. Yeah, they are. They're all good, and I'll be rooting for you guys that we stick to these resolutions, these resolutions. Um, see if we can do it. Stick to it. Stay on the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> stay on the wagon. Stay on the book wagon. It, exactly. It, is, that, is that the way to go about it? Because staying on the wagon is really when you're trying to get off something. This is when we're trying to hook you up to an IV and pump it through you as much as well, possible. Well, I mean, let's face it. Books can be incredibly addicting. So. That's what I mean. So it's like stay hooked to the drug, kids. <laughs> No, I I'm feel like this is a good thing kidding. to be hooked on, just like it's good to be hooked on coffee. So, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> Susan, I, 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 I'm with you on point one, <laughs> but point two, I think I'm going to have to step back. I mean, no, it's funny. Um, my dad actually seriously came to me once and asked me if I was addicted to reading. And I <laughs> laughed in his face. <laughs> was he worried like, about you? He was worried. He was very concerned. It was, I was, I think, in my sophomore year of college. And I was just an angsty 19-year-old who was stuck with a curfew and didn't want to be there. And, he, and I've been reading a lot. And he comes up to me one morning, and I'm reading. And he sits down next to me, and he's just like, Tara, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay. So I put down my book. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm really concerned about you. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, God, like, what does he think I'm up to? I'm right. pretty good kid. And he's just like, I'm concerned you're addicted <laughs> to reading. And I just look at him for a second <laughs> to see if he's serious. And he's dead serious. And I just break out into laughter, grab my book, stand up. And I'm like, Dad, if that is the worst thing you ever have to say to me, count your, st- you count your lucky stars. I am an excellent child. And I just go up, start walking upstairs to my bedroom. I'm like, I'm going to finish reading this chapter in peace. And then I'm going to come downstairs. <laughs> like, just walk up my stairs. Um, so, I mean, people can be concerned about these things. It's crazy. They can't be. That that is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I love you, Dad. I love you. Okay. Well, on that note, let's just keep being addicted to books. <laughs> Not the hard stuff, kids. Only the, unless it's a hardcover. I was about to say. <laughs> oh, um, let's go on to our main read. Um, sticking with nonfiction. Continuing with our nonfiction here, um, our our book, our main read is "Men Explain Things to Me" by Rebecca Solnit. Um, it's a book of essays, and it's a collection of nine essays she has written across several years about the silencing of women. Each essay addresses a different aspect, um, from women in the corporate world to rape culture. Um, as but as bleak as some of her essays convey, Rebecca does give some hope in an otherwise issue that seems like it's not changing. So, ladies, uh, what was one thing that stood out to you? Well, if I'm being honest, um, as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, I don't really read collections of essays. 
this me was neither. kind of <laughs> this was kind of a new thing for me. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, I did find I had to keep reminding myself because I'd be like, "Oh, this this isn't flowing very well," or this was a very like odd you know transition. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, they're all different essays written for different things at different times. So uh, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so this is essays. <laughs> this is what it's like to read a collection of essays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. How about you, Tara? Um, so as I said, I, I, I do read essays. I like essay books. Um, you know, you've got to remember what they are because they aren't in a well stitched together narrative. <clears throat> they are meant to be a theme and compelling and make you think. So, um, I enjoyed that exercise a lot. Uh, and I enjoyed these essays a lot. The one thing I think that I took from it, um, was the marriage equality, equality essay, um, was the difference. Cause I didn't realize we had done this as a society, um, that we'd switched the argument from being same sex marriage to marriage equality. I, I had mm. just done it. I hadn't mm. realized that we, I, I hadn't made that like mental shift that it was done a purpose, you know? Um, so I thought that was really, when I read that, I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was really cool. That was like a light bulb moment. What about yeah, you, Sue? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I like that essay. Um, mine was um, how bleak the progress of women's right was. Um, I mean, growing up as we have, it's like, oh yeah, totally, everything is just fair. It's fine, you know, men, women equal. <laughs> We're all the I'm same. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> Apparently the whole world doesn't feel that way. <laughs> and it's like, really, is it really that big? Maybe I, was, I feel like I was um, sheltered in that sense because I knew that, you know, obviously women's right and us getting getting the rights in like the 70s and, you know, late 1800s and, and things like that. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, everything is fair. Like, because the guys I hung out with, you know, weren't awful, you know, and the, you know, the groups I hung out with, we were all intelligent. So, you know, and this was, you know, before I went to workforce and stuff. Um, it, it was like, oh, there's, I had no idea, you know, a few years ago, no idea that women got paid so much less than men, you know, that type of thing. You were never um, educated on that as a kid? He, no. <laughs> to me, everything was fair. Like, if you work, you get paid this certain amount no matter who you are, like wow, you paid really? wow. for the work that you do. Yeah. Apparently I was very progressive as a child. <laughs> I mean, it, my, my, I mean, my mother was, was really very um, big about us going out there and, and being very successful. But my mother always reinforced to me um, the unfairness of society it was always like Tara, Tara, where a man can get a job, you get, with a college degree, you're, you're going to need a master's to beat him to the job. Yeah. And, and my mother was always very much, as a woman, you need to be better and, and, and work harder to be right. as successful. Mm-hmm. And that, that was drilled into me. From yeah, like, I mean, I read about that. A young but age. Like, with my mom, it's more like, you work hard. <laughs> it's like, work hard and, you know... Do the best that you can, basically, and unfortunately, in the most Asian of ways. But that thing is. I was going to say that's so Asian. Um, just, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, just get it done. 
work really hard <laughs> is the message that I got. But I mean, I've read about like, you know, moms talking to the daughters about like getting ahead and, you know, we have it harder, which, you know, so I understood that. But like in real life, it was like to me, everything was fair. So like definitely like going into the workforce and things like that. And I'm not talking about like a summer job in high school. That's different. Um, it was like it was eye opening. It's like, oh, wow, it's this this is really stupid. Like, This shouldn't be here. <laughs> so it was, like it was really fascinating. Yeah. And unfortunate. It's like, this makes me sad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I mean, we, there's lots to talk about in this. I mean, it's not a very long book, um, but we did have a lot to talk in our, um, IRL meeting. Um, but what did you guys think of the tone of the book. Um, did you feel like it was more conversational? Did you think it was more talking down? Um, cause I feel like because they were written in different times over a right. few years, like the tone is kind of different for each one. Yeah. The essays are written over almost a 10 or 12 year span, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, um, so, and this may be just that I'm affected by this because I was listening to the audio and the author's voice is very soothing. I think that I didn't feel talked down to. I did feel like this is a serious book and that mm-hmm. there's humor to it, but that in the end, like these, these conversations are serious and they're hard, but I never felt um, talked down to. But then again, it's, it, it's an essay book. I read essays. I, I understand that like th- it's also educational. It's like meant to make you think. So I, I, um, I don't know. I, I felt like it was serious, but compelling um, but it, it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tangible, um, attainable too. Like it wasn't so over, it, it wasn't so cerebral that it, it dragged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It was definitely a lot of information getting thrown at you. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't listen to the audiobook. I read it, but I don't think. I don't think I felt like I was being talked down to. It was kind of like an in-between of just like, here's lots of facts and let me talk to you about it. So I guess it was somewhat conversational, but it was definitely intellectual at the same time. Yeah, I think intellectual is a good word to use. Um, These essays were written in a span of eight years. Oh, eight? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I I double-checked because I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) um, But... I knew there's some who felt like it, it was, you know, she was kind of talking down. And I, I feel like it was a little more luxury. Um, I didn't think there were too many essays that were conversational. The first one was definitely conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, the intro. Yeah, that's how she's kind of setting the stage here. Which was great. <laughs> Can you, we talk about that all day long? Easing you into it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I was like, oh, I can totally get into this. And then I was like, oh, wow, okay, so now it's getting really serious, which is fine. Um, uh, but I wasn't quite expecting that level of seriousness, especially with the feel of the first essay. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> intro, for those of you who maybe didn't read the book, but you should have, <laughs> um, is that, you know, it starts out with her at a party. And this they're, her and her friend are about to leave, but the, the host, who's a man, asks her to stay. And says, oh, I heard you're interested in this topic. I wanted to tell you about this very important book I heard just came out on this topic and starts to explain this very important book. And the author's a little confused because she's like, how is it possible that a book came out about this topic and I didn't know about it? But she's listening and listening. And finally, her friend just turns to the guy and goes, that's hers. You're talking 
about her book <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, and it's like the guy just is like, oh, but never apologizes, which she says is normal to those of you who are, um, you know, familiar with men who maybe explain things to you and don't realize you know more than them on the topic. That's a normal feat. <laughs> he doesn't apologize. He just sort of like, oh, okay. And then continues on, like is embarrassed for about a five seconds and then you know his privilege kicks back in and he's fine um <laughs> but uh but it, it's a funny opener because she's legitimately as the author as the um protagonist of the story trying to give him the benefit of the doubt innately even though she knows there's probably no chance a very important book came out about this same topic the same year she wrote one that that she would not know about but that he also made, didn't actually read. That he, yeah, yeah. He, didn't read. he just read the New York Times review of her book and is like, let me tell you about this very important book. <laughs> anyway, it is a good intro. It is a good intro. Yep. So it definitely good. was, but I guess between that and the way it was marketed, I thought it was going to be a collection of essays like that. Like yes. kind of like, Same kind here. of funny, a little like, you know, a little bit into the issues, but then it was just like, a rape happens every 6.2 minutes. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was a shift. <laughs> I mean, but that's an important issue. No, it is. But I, I feel like there would be a little more l- humor, lightheartedness into it. Um, I know it's a serious subject, um, but, I, you know, sometimes things can be handled with a little humor in it. And I was expecting a little more of that than just like hard, cold facts. I mean, this so. is why I guess I don't, <clears throat> I don't read book descriptions. I'll read them. That's not true because I, I do read them once just to get an idea of what this book about. It's like, okay, this book is medieval fantasy. Check. Like I do not read book descriptions to get ideas of what the characters are going to do or what the contents of the books are going to be. Um, because I feel like as a marketer, <laughs> I know that this book description was written by a marketing team designed to make me read this book. It doesn't mean this has anything to do with what the what's inside the contents. So no. I typically ignore them as much as possible. But it's unfortunate but, when it like is completely not what the tone of the book is going to be. Yeah, and that's essay was what funny, I go for. But I, is I get it. Tone, like I want to want a feel of the book when I before I go into it, so I can like have a good mindset for it. You know. Um, so I don't necessarily need to know what a character is doing or like what they're going to talk about precisely, but I kind of want a feel of the book. Like, okay, this is going to be somewhat lighthearted. Okay. So, you know, all right. I recommend reading reviews then, non-spoilery reviews, because they're going to give you a more accurate depiction of tone and content than a book blurb from a marketing team will. I say that as a marketer. <laughs> um, so uh, with, with these essays, um, do you think, speaking of tone, do you think that this is a book for a person who already agrees with the author? Is the author talking to someone who relates to her? Or is she um, trying to convince an opponent, someone who just totally disagrees with her perspective? All these essays were created for different purposes. Mm-hmm. So um, I think some essays are definitely designed for people who already know the topic. 
right? Who are comfortable talking about the topic and she assumes a certain level of comfort on the topic of feminism with the audience, um, which makes sense because a lot of them were lecture essays or a lot of them were, you know, essays on with a specific audience. Um, I think some are designed to be a little bit more, um, a, a little bit more convincing. Um, I think the essay about the uh, World Bank leader is meant to be scathing. And it is meant to uh, sort of pick at a scab and maybe convince people on to the other side. Um, but I, I do think because of where these essays came from, that a lot of them um, assume a certain level of comfort with feminism in general. So in that line, I do think, you know, probably more designed for uh, people who already agree with her. But I don't think that makes them not compelling or that reading this book wouldn't enlighten some people. I think it's really hard. People are very against isms. People sort of just react violently mentally against things that they feel like they're being blamed for. And even if they're not being blamed for it, if they feel like they are, it's really hard to uh, sort of reach out to them. And there's a lot of people who just feel that they're being blamed when we talk about fem feminism. And, and so that they immediately sort of clam up and close down and shut down uh, when you try to have a discussion with them. So um, I don't know if this book is for those people. Um, I, this book might be for people who are curious, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's definitely a lot of facts that are getting thrown out there that maybe would help open some people's eyes. But I think they already have to be a little open to the concept. Um, I'm not sure if like someone was totally against feminism, if reading this <laughs> would turn them or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, kind of going off of what Tara said, one of the one of the quotes, I, I did highlight a fair amount of stuff for as small as this book was, but one of them that I liked was, feminism isn't an us versus them kind of thing. Women's liberation has often been portrayed as a movement intent on encroaching upon or taking power and privilege away from men, as though in some dismal zero-sum game, only one gender at a time could be free and powerful. It's like, guys, and not just guys, but just people, <laughs> like, we, like, this isn't us to like trying to take over the world we just want to be the same <laughs> yep i just so, want to pay the same amount for health care that you do yeah please right. <laughs> get paid the same amount as you do for the work that i'm doing nice. <laughs> um so what do you think the author was going for when she put together this collection of essays then because i mean she is those essays are for people who already are in the same boat as her or, and she's, and it seems like she's trying to convince and educate some people who are unaware. Um, what do you think the overall um, goal do you think she's trying to achieve when she put it together? I guess is my question. Well, I do think there's a, as Mara said, there's a ton of facts in here mm -hmm. that are really good and uh, really impactful. Um, you know, I think actually one of the better subjects, a topic were the uh, rape of men by men in this book, which is a comment that, which is a topic we just don't discuss as society. Um, you know, it was an angry 
essay, I think this is probably the Ingers essay, but the, the, the essay that talked about um, why we don't talk about men as the problem around violence, mm-hmm. why we don't talk about mass shootings as a gender issue, why we don't identify that as the obvious key linkage between several things. And, and because we're not identifying that obvious key linkage, we are missing out on how to solve the problem somehow. Because we, we keep assuming it's, it, it's, you know, these crazy offshoots, but really there's a key identifier and we're just not talking about it. Um, I, I, I think the goal is to educate. I think the goal is to also give maybe a friendly voice to people who don't feel comfortable talking about these things. These are very hard topics. And if you're not in college, you typically aren't going around talking to your friends about the perils of feminism and male on male rape. And, um, these are very hard topics, you know, they're, they're hard topics to have a conversation about that doesn't end in either you being very upset because the topic is upsetting or upsetting other people because it's controversial, controversial, not that equality should be controversial. It shouldn't be. But unfortunately, we live in a world where it is. Um, So I think putting together a book of essays like this, it sort of gives you a friendly voice. It gives you, if you want to have this conversation, if you want to have this thought process, if you want to be a part of the conversation, but you don't feel comfortable having the conversation, this gives you, this gives you a way of doing that. This gives you a way of talking about the issues, thinking about the issues, and maybe even saying to someone, hey, you should read this essay and starting a conversation if you want a way to start the conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so, exactly and- what we're doing, right? <laughs> that is exactly what we're doing. So and I do hope, you think... You know- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just I I hope it does start other conversations, maybe with our listeners or, you know, other people that, you know, we come into contact with. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had a lot of good facts, you know, just to have some basis of, you know, actual facts to go along with all these things (laughs) that are happening in the world, you know. Um, So that was interesting. I I enjoyed that. And I yeah, I I agree with what Tara said. (laughs) So you think it's the essays is a lot more approachable than having her just write like a book about the issue. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, oh, of course. Cause they're little know? snippets. You can recommend one essay to someone and say, right. you should read this one three page essay. You don't have to read the whole book. Just read this one mm-hmm. three page essay. and Let's talk about it. Right. Um, they're much more approachable. And, and right. the, also back to tone, I think a book on this would be extremely cerebral um, or, or, or scathing in the, uh, in, you know, but in this way, you can have sort of a short conversation about it. And I mm-hmm. think that's the benefit of essays over um, long form. Right. We, so you just talked about a few of the essays. Um, and one of the big points about it is that it just, it's taken so long for a woman to have a voice in this, in this issue that's so serious and so awful. Um, what do you think it's taken so long? Like now that we have like, you know, the Yes to All Women movement, we have like the Twitter um, feeds and, and people who are advocating for women's rights everywhere. And it seems like it's everywhere now. But h- why is it taking so long to get to this point um, for us to see some sort of change? Well, I mean, I would say historically speaking, you know, those people who are in power will want to keep their power 
And if you're not, if you don't have power, I think it takes some momentum to get things going. Um, and I know, like, as she says in some of her essays, you know, a lot of this did start with, like, the 1970s movement and everything. And so in in the timeline of history, we have made a lot of progress in a relatively short amount of time. But, yes, it, it did take us a long time to get to that point. And there's still a long way to go. You know, I felt like there was a lot of that back and forth in her in her essays where it's like, oh, things are still terrible, but actually they are better. But we can't be, you know, complacent. And it's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's true, though. I mean, what she's saying is true. Um, it's a fine line between being content with the status quo that we have now or like despairing that things haven't changed enough. You know, either either like option can kind of stall things, you know, like we need to mm-hmm. still be moving forward. In right. in a lot of ways, it took other movements being mobilized before the women's movement could be successful. And <clears throat> I think the reason for this is, A, that um, women and the gay movement and the civil rights movement um, are very tied to each other um, because of the idea of the individual versus collectivism and the idea that um, women are more collective in nature um, and that there's always just sort of been an inherent um, sisterhood and brotherhood between all of those movements. But, um, well, not all of them. I know, anyway, to the women's movement. I'll be more specific. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I think that's because the people in power before, as Mayor mentioned, who obviously want to stay in power, specifically, I'm going to be talking about Western societies here. In Western societies, Western Northern Hemisphere societies, God, you'd be really specific, um, is <laughs> white men. And uh, we talked about women. We haven't talked about it yet, but we will. Women in general are more collective. Um, we look at our social sphere. We look at our family sphere. Our goal is to rise all tides within that sphere, um, to hold power within that sphere and to be able to have positive influence there. That's how women derive power more than the individual aggressive version of power that men hold. Now this isn't true for all women and this isn't true for all men. First off, we're talking extreme general generalizations here. Um, but, um, because of that, white men who are in power, that is to the direct benefit of their white wives, who would then have power within their social circle. So while their lives are not equal, they've, it took some generations and some education and some um, watching other movements happen and strive for equality for really the white female population to get on board. Mm -hmm. Um, And that took time. Like I said, that took really the rise of other movements to motivate that population. Um, And we see it now um, with the last election, not all of that population is even still on board with, with the idea of the current, I don't even know what, are we on fourth generation feminism? I don't know. I, I don't follow all that. I, I'm just a feminist. I don't care what generation feminist I am. Um, <laughs> and maybe I should care, but I don't. Um, but, so I, I think it just took a lot of time to get white women on board of the idea of that equality matters, not just the power 
that you hold via your husband. Um, and that once I hate being like this, but once that happened, money came into the movement. Um, you know, we benefited a lot from, I think the, the civil rights movements, um, and the gay rights movements, because the women who were involved in those movements naturally came over and really helped really were uh, essential in mobilizing, um, the female, uh, the women's rights movements in the 1970s. So, um, anyway, not to get into a history lesson, but I think it takes some time for for people like me <laughs> to get uh, to get on board, and I think that's sad. But um, that's why I think it took so long. Anyway, I mean, you I mean, you make a great point because throughout time, I mean, way back when. Um, women were married off as commodities because that's how, you know, they grew whatever, their land, their wealth, things like that. Um, but, I mean, even reading in books, you read that, like, women have this, like, secret behind-the-doors power, you know, that the husband didn't have, but they were able to move along their their ambition type of thing. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, the woman totally had power, but, like, do we really, like, we still did everything for the benefit of the head of house, which is usually the man, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess it was hard for them to see that they needed outright equality because they feel like they have this power within their scope. So, Oh, and um, I do want to give credit hundreds of years. Yeah. And I do want to give credit. It's not like white ladies have done nothing, you know, white ladies, not not only white ladies, but you know, a large (laughs) portion of them did help get the vote for women. So like where it was obvious, they were like, Mm -hmm. wait, uh, I would really like to vote for president. <laughs> right. When things like that, that come, comes into play, it's like, wait, wait a second. I don't like this guy, but my husband likes this guy and I don't get a say. And it's like, hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Back up a moment. It was when mm-hmm. women entered the workforce in mass. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that changes things, you know, when women mm-hmm. leave their sphere. Changes yep. Yeah. And I think she kind of goes into that. Is it in the Virginia Woolf essay? About how I like love that essay. staying in the in the home kind of yeah like it was constricting in in many different um, ways but right but the women were still like thinking and having like these thoughts that they needed to do something right is that what I'm thinking yeah of? or like they couldn't yeah. really have those thoughts until they were outside right. of the house <laughs> yeah. yeah so um, and yeah coming into the individuals from collectivism I mean that's a huge part of what you know like you said why it may have taken so long was it's not like we want something more than you we want to be the same as you (laughs) yeah um they are very different they are very Um, different you know and i think that's why um the word feminism kind of has like that um I, what's the undertone of like negativity? It's like, well, you just want more than us. It's like, no, we don't want more. Yes, there might be the extremists out there, but um, I think in general, feminists want to just be equal. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. And here's um, the thing, though. In this day and age, I feel like that's been said enough times. Yes. I mean, with other movements that, that are going on. Yeah. Um, but... Apparently it's not because, <laughs> and we have to say it more apparently because 
some people still think negatively of what we are looking for, what other groups are looking for. It's not that, you know, we want more than these people. We just, we just want to be treated the same. I mean, Meredith, I think, I think you're the one who said it at our RL meeting, but I think it's hard to listen to all this and, and listen to people argue against these things when it's literally people in, it doesn't matter what movement you're talking about, whether it's the feminist movement or Black Lives Matter movement, but people are just saying, hey, please stop hurting us. Right. Just let us, give us a chance. Let us be equal. Stop killing us. <laughs> and, and and people are like, yeah, but... Mm. <laughs> you've got Some to, like, BS at, reasons, reasons. <laughs> reasons, reasons. And it's just like, are you serious? It's, it's hard mm-hmm. to listen to that and really understand their argument on the other side yeah mm-hmm. well it's that essay um i think it's cassandra among the creeps where she talks about um uh, how women are questioned when a rape happens mm-hmm. what were you wearing uh, yeah you exactly for? exactly like that was incredibly frustrating to read because it's like it shouldn't be like this you know, why do we have to be questioning about what we're wearing? How about the fact that someone attacked me? You know, like mm-hmm. that should be the question. Like, you know, what did he do to you? Like, he needs to get in trouble. It doesn't matter what myself, me, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter what I was doing. He still did something really apprehensible and abhorrent. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, this is wrong. And I mean, especially since when you look at, I mean, we most of the time when we talk about rape, we are talking about and thinking about stranger rape when that is the least likely occurrence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why does it matter what I was wearing when my mm-hmm. uncle touched me? Or why does it matter what I was wearing when my tutor from college touched me? Like, like that. It, yeah. I, don't know, um, yep. I get really angry about this. <laughs> yeah. Really angry. And I- I, I can link this in the show notes, um, but I was just reading an article yesterday. I think it was about some different neighborhoods in New York City, I think, um, where like, you know, the they're talking about the, the rape uh, rates and all of that. And the the chief of police was like, well, you know, it's good, though, that like the stranger rape is down because, you know, that's like the scarier <laughs> of the rapes as opposed to acquaintance rapes. And so it's like, What? Oh, yeah. It's I love how they think it's much more frightening to me that um, I'm less likely to be dragged down an alley, but more likely to be assaulted in my own home when I think I'm safe. Because you you really think that's (laughs) more comforting to me. I'd much rather be afraid of the alley than Mm -hmm. I would be in my own bedroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's just I mean, that type of thing was just really infuriating. It's like, no, no, we, we don't want any of that. Can we just not have any of that? <laughs> right. Or how about all great. rape is terrible? <laughs> not yes, like, oh, exactly. this one is worse than that kind. Exactly. I, I mean, it's just when they talk about that, it's like, what were you wearing? It's like, we're not talking about the individual here. We're talking about the whole scope of rape that should not be happening, period, at all. So there shouldn't be a debate about this at all. Um, and that, that, that just upsets me. <laughs> um, just a bit. Yeah, just really, really upsetting. And I hope that some sort of change would happen before my girls are 
old enough for me to have to worry about that because I would just really not like to worry about that. I mean, there's other things I would like to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, we should really put a trigger warning on this episode. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. (laughs) But but we should. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like, I was just thinking like, yeah, this kind of went off on a slight tangent. (laughs) Um, but like, like you said, I mean, it's, you know, trigger warnings are, it's, it's fine. Like we should do some, put something like that on the show notes so that like people know. Um, but it's something also that doesn't get talked about as often as I guess we would like. It's all, it's still taboo. It only comes up when something horrible happens. Um, like that one incident that happened a few years ago in India. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think she does oh, talk about it. It was one of the, the essays. Bus. Yes. Yes. Like. It should just be an ongoing conversation. It just shouldn't come up when something awful has already happened. Um, that, so that way, it's just like, hey, this is a thing that we should just shouldn't do and keep the and conversation. And that's the thing going. that she said. She said in the mm-hmm. book, like especially in that example. I mean, no, this is this is all rape, and this is all examples. But the the, the essence behind it is, they think that your personal autonomy is worth less than your their desires. Mm-hmm. that they think that right. they can just take from you. And this is yep. whether you're male or female. This is all right. This isn't based on who the perpetrator is here, yep. you know, but they think that they can just take from your person. Yeah. And like the idea that those guys could get on that bus and, and do that and, and kill that girl. It's just so sad. Yeah, Definitely. Well, we can cross our fingers and just hope and keep the keep the movement going, you know, um, make the world a better place for everybody. <laughs> yes, um, because when women are involved in government and women are involved in your um, judicial system, um, countries do better. When, countries with women in power do better and are in general happier, safer countries. Um, and you can look at the statistics on that. That's true. I should have looked them up before this episode, but that is true. So, um, bringing your women into, um, into the conversation and having them participate is not something that people should be afraid of. It's something that people should encourage equality, um, in the government sector is so important for country stability and yeah, we should encourage all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which essay this is from, but another thing that I highlighted that I really liked, um, she says, the ability to tell your own story in words or images is already a victory, already a revolt. So we yes. just need to keep telling our stories. Exactly. And, and back to, I totally agree. And back to the question where Susan, you asked, um, you know, why has this really taken off in the last few years? And it's taken off in the last few years because we've been given technology that allows us to tell our stories yes that allows us to share and talk about these things yeah we're not being Mm -hmm. moderated by you know the evening news as Mm -hmm. our only way of discussing these things so um couldn't agree with that quote more meredith (laughs) yeah definitely and um let's go ahead and one last question to kind of bring the ambiance back up a little bit um, what was your favorite essay in this? Hmm. In Praise of the Threat. Mm. Yep, I like that one too. Which, yeah, that, that's the marriage equality essay. That's yes. the one where it talked about, yeah, where it's like, it's about equality, 
not about us versus them. And I, like I said, in the beginning, I really, really love that essay. It's, um, it's really good. Oh, oh, or, or the Virginia Woolf essay, because it talks about leading into the darkness. Like, um, yeah, these things are dark and these things are terrible, but you know, leaning, leaning into it and accepting it as part of, is part of how we fight it. Um, plus there's some funny antidotes in there about, you know, essentially writers stealing each other's work and (laughs) quoting each other, which is, you know, I just love writers being writers. Good job. You, we like you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one was good. Um, yeah. And I, I like where she said marriage equality is a threat to inequality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that I like it was my favorite because it was a lot of like kind of disturbing facts. But I did highlight a lot from the longest war. Um, oh, okay, which That's had a, a lot one. of a lot of the you know like rape facts and things like that. Um, but the the hashtag yes all women uh, was a good essay too. Yeah, I liked in praise of threat and yes all women as well. Um, it's just it, it just I like the feeling of hope it gives. You know. Um, the feeling of like things are happening, just keep at it. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where the um, million mile road example is listed? Yes, I, I think. think so. It's one of the later ones where the yeah. million mile road is. Which is um, good, where it's like it's hard to tell, tra- it's hard to keep pace and mm-hmm. tell where you are on the million mile road. And some oh, people's journeys look longer than others. I really, I really liked that. Example. That one might be the Pandora's box one with the volunteer mm-hmm. police. Mm-hmm. Uh, the volunteer police. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, then overall, guys, did you like it? <laughs> I know it's kind of hard to, with an essay like this. <laughs> I did. I really did. I, I thought it was thoughtful. Um, and, you know, it's an essay book. It did its did its job you know gave me a lot mm-hmm. of good facts and made me think a lot of good thoughts and we've ha- now had several i've had now several good discussions about this book even more than just this discussion and our rl book club i've continued to have discussions about this book which i think is um you know the point of essay books and i think that's you know so achieved its achieved its goal <laughs> yeah i would agree um as much as one can like a book with some of these grisly facts, um, right. yeah, it was it was thought provoking. Uh, it's brought on good discussions, and I think I need to start reading more collections of essays and getting my brain working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sorry that we kind of took a turn to the dark, um, but it is something that should be talked about, and hopefully, um, we did it with some sensitivity and um, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? That just totally left my mind. Um, I unfortunately cannot think of it. I apologize. More <laughs> sensitivity, additional sensitivity. Yeah. Just all, all the sensitivity. sensitivity. <laughs> um, so let's, let me announce next month's book, um, which is called blood at the root, a racial cleansing in America by Patrick Phillips. Um, this is also going to be a hard discussion this is going to be another hard discussion um this time about racism (laughs) Hmm. um but another important topic um Mm -hmm. and um i think it'll be really interesting i just borrowed it from the library so 
um, I'll be getting into it in the next few days here. Yay. Nice. All the mm-hmm. copies at my library, the ebook and the hard copy, are, all have a wait list, which I guess is a good sign. That yeah. is a good sign. reading Definitely. it. I mean, it was on the Times's book list, and um, it was on a few like book lists for, the, for 2016. So. Mm. Um, and uh, it is my book. This is my book. Um, <laughs> it's my choice. Uh, Meredith and I heard the author at Book Right Live, and... Uh, he seemed to handle the topic and really care about the topic um, with a lot of sincerity. And I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. 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 So um, show notes for this episode can be found at least for now at sunriserobot.net slash eclectic readers slash 30. Hey, (laughs) Um, I do want to announce that we are going to be interviewing another author uh this time tara clancy another tara can't wait to welcome her onto the show um who wrote the book the clancy of queens clancy's of queens yeah clancy's 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 of queens and it's a memoir um talking about nonfiction. um another book right live author that we heard uh when we were there and she is hysterical so look forward to that um, so why don't we tell everyone where they can find us? Susan? Uh, well, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy under Duri Kaichou, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Tara? Susan just wants to make it difficult. Anyway, so you can find <laughs> me also on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy under Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. What about you, Mayor? You can find me at all those places, too. Goodreads, <laughs> Twitter, and Litzy. Uh, all under Mare the Book Gal. M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. <laughs> and we want to give a quick shout out to and thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. Uh, while we're making this transition, I'm sure you noticed, all of you eagle Eared listeners, <laughs> um, <laughs> that our intro was a little bit different. That was just Eclectic Readers Podcast. So um, we've moved book club from the title. Of, and of course, while we're still being hosted on Sunrise Robot for the time being, um, we are making our way to a new home. So uh, look for more announcements about that coming soon. Um, and of course, always, so people, other bookish lovers, find us. Please, please, please rate and review us review us on iTunes. Um, We really would love uh, your feedback. Good, bad, indifferent, you know, or just come and say hi. Um, So guys, I think that's it. Let's shelve this one until next month. Alrighty. Bye. 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 Bye.